Hello? You wanna watch a movie? <laughs> Who is this? Yeah, Joe. I'm gonna get you to watch some movies. <laughs> I'm gonna hear that in my nightmares. <laughs> That was done way too way too well. <laughs> I'm gonna you're gonna get calls from me like this. Oh my god, no, please, please no. Mommy, what's the matter? Mommy, why does that girl keep telling me I shouldn't go there? Giallo parlare. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Scott, and with me, as always, is Joe. Hey, everybody. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, well, this is uh, my favorite show to do, Talking Trash. Talking Trash. And this is Talking Giallo. Talking Giallo. Yeah, for the whole (laughs) month, uh, we gave Joe the control, and she picked Giallo films as the month theme. And we are on... The final movie of the month. July? Or Giallo July. That's what we're calling it. Oh, yeah. That's what we're calling Giallo it now? Giallo July. I've been calling it uh, Talking Giallo this whole time. Yeah. We actually knew the uh, in the uh, the theme song, I, I switched it to uh, Italian, <laughs> uh, the name of our show. And I and I, I wish I remember how to say uh, Talking Giallo in uh, Italian. I can't remember now. No. But, yeah, this is the up. fourth uh, film. And uh, if you're new to the show, uh, Talking Trash is where we we watch bad movies and we discuss it so you don't have to. And uh, I love this show because I love to talk out crazy, insane films that I either like because they're so bad they're good or I just can't stand them. And uh, yeah, and the running joke this month is that I'm not the biggest fan of Giallo, and Joe absolutely loves putting them on and trying to get me to like them. I myself don't know if I really, truly like them. I'm just kind of infatuated with them for some reason. The subgenre of horror that is Giallo is baffling to me, and I love that there is a group of people who adore this stuff. I mean, there's a whole fan base. It's, it's, crazy. it's such a huge fan base. It's it, it, it's almost to the point of you're not supposed to be a horror fan if you you don't like this kind of stuff. But not all of these films are horror films. Some of them They're are mysteries. They're thrillers, but I would say horror. There's always a killer slashing people. It's a thriller horror film. I mean, I guess. I'm sorry. Serial, and that means that Scream isn't a horror movie. Yeah. All that, right. That kind of... Uh, to me, thrillers are usually my... It's a base of horror movies that I actually like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, picking out who the killer is, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But these movies are so friggin' weird. All the choices are bizarre. And I'm a little mad because on our first episode of this month, I said that I was going to make a list and see if every one of these movies can check this list off. Because I have a list of what I think Giallo films do. 
and we actually forgot about it within the last one. Um, but I wrote a, a little list of a few things that I think all Giallo films usually have, right? Number one was close-up on the eyes. This movie checked it off. Uh, black trench coat killer. Again, checked off. Chain-smoking cops. Checked off again. Killer uses phone calls, only see black hand and coat. Like a black gloved hand. Now, this didn't happen here. Uh, prostitutes are murdered. Women get brutally <laughs> murdered. Switchblades. An artist. Paint trips on a victim. Killer has a sexual traumatic childhood. Rock jazz or synthwave. Dogs. Priest is the killer. Or police can't solve a damn thing on their own. <laughs> well, okay. So that goes pretty much with all of the ones that we've watched this yeah. month for... five of those weren't checked off on this movie tonight five of those okay well we should tell everyone that we're... we watched the new york ripper the new york ripper which i'm a little mad all right after seeing this film i'm really mad because one of my favorite things about jello films are that their titles are usually full sentences sometimes they almost feel like they're gonna be a paragraph <laughs> um and i just love that they have the balls to name it and i'm a little mad because the new york ripper is too tame I feel like it is, yeah, yeah, especially for this particular director who's uh, Lucio Fulci. Which Again, we've done many times now on the yes, show. Yes, and he's on my list twice. So we, we uh, actually just, um, before this, we watched Don't Torture a Duckling, and that's also by Fulci, and that was something. But I did manage to get out of the 70s. So I went from the three movies in the beginning that were the 70s to 1982. Yeah, so unfortunately... Fulci couldn't get out of the 70s. Well, he didn't get the memo no, that you're not supposed memo. to use that music that's like 1970s porno, like it's elevator got, it's, it's jazz. flash. Again, a lot of jazz. It's it's beyond. It it, it sounds like, like a 70s See, porno. You just mentioned another Fulci movie, The Beyond. The Beyond. And I know it was accidental, but The Beyond actually had a very interesting theme that kind of fet, like felt that horror vibe. This movie is just using saxophone and jazz. Yes, it is. It... From the 70s. Yes. Even though this is about a slasher, I did not feel that way for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Now, what would you, if you could name this movie after seeing it and thinking it's Giallo, what would you name it? Because I'm sitting here thinking of my title for this movie. Okay. Uh, I would say... I'm putting you on the spot. The Sex Caller quacks twice oh that's great i was thinking like um <laughs> the sex color quacks I, I, twice. I, yours is good my i was just gonna go for something simple like um 
uh, murder isn't what it's quacked up to be. Oh my but, god. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh god. Well, anyone who's seen this movie knows what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about the New York River, and I, I gotta tell you, I, I, okay. So there's gonna be two feelings that I'm usually gonna have in one of these movies. First off, is the movie isn't going to be entertaining enough to make fun of. Or two, it's so insane that I can't wait to talk about it. And I think I'm falling toward that second one. So I'm happy. <laughs> because right when the killer called somebody for the first time, I was like, you did it again, Joe. Somehow, <laughs> back to back, death Amen. laid an egg in this one. What the fuck are we watching? Okay, like, so I feel like this movie should have been called Death Laid an Egg. Yes, yes. I feel like it. he kind of like... It, okay, so let's stop uh, hinting around to it because we're just going to throw it out there. The killer talks like Donald Duck in this film. Yes. Like the whole voice that Scott did in the beginning of this podcast, that. He calls people in that Donald Duck voice. It's not full Donald Duck because no. he'll go from this. He'll go, I'm going to get you. And then he'll go. Like, what the fuck? I can't even do that. So I'm He proud does of a you. whole bunch of them. Uh, it's so crazy. It's yeah. Every time it happened, other, I like, died laughing. Every time I was like, "What?" That's exactly what you wanted out of these movies. Absolutely. So I, I, you lucked me into got, another I mean, one by accident. It's completely quackers. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> this there's a running joke between me and Joe. We went to see a. Uh, or I, we didn't go to see it. We actually rented it one time, and it was that uh, really depressing movie of Ryan Gosling. Oh, The Notebook. The Notebook. And there's a scene yeah. where he takes her on a really romantic boat into the lake, and there's a whole bunch of ducks. And uh, you know, this is like a, supposed to be a romantic moment. And I just turned to Joe to ruin it, and I go, "This movie's quackers." <laughs> I don't think I stopped laughing for two hours. We just and we've been saying it forever, and it's the depressing. <laughs> It's romantic and depressing, you know, and I was like, I'm going to ruin it. Uh, so, yeah, we've been doing that joke for way too long it's now. Quackers. So, so, yeah, this movie is definitely, yeah. So, it, it falls under the same, you know, category and kind of the same feel as most of Fulci's movies, with the exception of Zombie 3. I mean, this one. Beyond 2. I feel, feel like totally it, different. it had this, it did have like a skeevy, filthy factor. And I felt like in the Beyond, yeah. it had that skeevy, filthy, filthy, like thing going on, where like they, you didn't want to like look away, but you felt like you had to because your eyeballs are getting muddy. That's the way I felt like watching this movie. There's a lot of skeeve in this movie, and it had that filth factor a little bit. That's the that's a problem. Did he also direct uh, the one we call Hot Sacks? <laughs> There's a movie we watched. What is that movie called? I keep forgetting it. Oh, I think it's called Sweet Honey or something oh, like that. Oh, no. The Devil's Honey. The Devil's Honey. Is that him? Wait, I think you're right. So, yeah. we, we do a, a get-together. If you listen to our Fast and the Furious episodes with our friends, uh, they all join us on Monday nights, and we all randomly pick films to watch, and I put on a movie called Devil's Honey. And that's Fulci as well. And we just all called it Hot Sex the whole time. And I guess that's a problem, because... There's a sexuality in his movies that feels like he's got some problems. He needs to talk to a therapist. Yeah, I feel like that too. Like in, in what we call hot sex, 
there's a lot of like perverse things going on in that movie where you just don't need to see it because it's just gross. But yeah, but this movie also has this movie. Oh my god, it has those problems because yeah, everybody involved in this movie is got um, a sexual um, like a like a hang up, some kind of like sexual um, a, yeah, fetish. A fetish, yeah. Like, there's yeah, it's a big fetish movie where every character's got something. And even characters who don't need to tell us that they have a sexual fetish have sexual fetishes that feel like they're not, they're just thrusted at you. And you're like, oh, why was that put there? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is Talk Trash. If you're if you're new, we're going to talk out the plot of the movie in spoiler d- detail. Um, and we're going to trash it. And we're going to talk shit. And we're going to joke around. So hopefully you join it and uh, have fun with us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like... Um... This one though, I, all right. We did four. This is the fourth one. It's um, yeah, yeah. it's different from the ones, the other ones we watched a little bit. Not in a, much. In a tiny way, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, so this movie. Well, the, okay. it starts off with uh, we're in New York. Yeah, which we don't get all the time. Yeah. In in Giallo movies. Yeah, we're, we we yeah, which we were talking about. There's a uh, I think zombie. Zombie I think three? in Zombie, I don't know, not Zombie 3, mm-hmm. but I think the first Zombie. That was definitely in America. I don't know where. Because it was in New York again. It was the harbor. And was uh, there was like a zombie on a boat and a girl got that's on the right. boat. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's the older time, the only other time I can remember that we've seen one of his movies that was. But I think um, Beyond is also in America. I think it's like in Louisiana or something. You know what? You're right. It is because we were always joking that the Beyond is supposed to be in Louisiana, but there's so many elements that scream, no, it's not in Louisiana. Yeah, there's a lot of questionable things in that one. A lot of questionable things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we start off in New York and, uh, of course, we have the music. The, the sweet jazz. It's like, it, it just, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a horror movie. And, and all the themes, the uh, I think that's a big problem with me. I think one of the reasons that a lot, some of these movies work for me is that the soundtrack or the score is its own being. And it kind of makes you feel a certain way. And I think uh, we, I've talked about Argento nailing that with uh, some of the people from Goblin. Did a lot of soundtracks for him. And the scores were pretty damn good. And they made the movie even elevated. And then you see like a movie like this, and you're like, "Man, you really needed to do a theme. You know, a creepy theme, something really weird, not smooth jazz from the '70s." I mean, it doesn't fit. It just, like I said, it, it seems like. So we, we get an opening shot of a young girl riding a bike, right? No, let's go back. We got to talk about balls. Oh God, balls. Okay, I, I forgot about the balls. Oh uh, yeah. So this movie opens up the New York uh, cityscape. We scroll down. We hear someone talking. And then we slowly start seeing a man who I would have thought was homeless, but he starts talking about how he was working behind a counter for eight hours and he's tired. And he has a dog with him. He has a dog, of course, because it's giallo. They have to have a dog. And he's going, he looks out on the ground and he sees a stick. And he reaches down to get the stick. And we had to rewind this because we thought he said, oh, my balls. (laughs) He did say that. I don't care. He says, my bones. No, he did, there's now, no first, end in there. He says balls. Well, the problem is, I guess this needs to be said right off the bat, because these Giallo films, they're all overdubbed. Now, he records the films. All these directors did 
was they recorded the people speaking their actual language. And then he had them, it basically overdubbed all of them into yes. the language of choice. But here's the thing. Okay, this movie we watched on Shudder. You can go on Shudder. I want someone to write to me on Instagram and tell me if that's what he's saying. When he bends over to pick up the stick, he says, oh, well, the balls. The reason I'm bringing up the overdubbing is because the overdubbing is probably somebody who talks another language but is doing a voice, like an American accent, and they're making it so weird. They all always sound like they have an accent. So you're saying that a European actor yes, actually trying was to be told American. to be an American actor, and so he's like, oh, my balls. He do an American accent. Okay. Oh, my balls. Yeah, there was clearly an LS in there. Yeah, want to get some exercise? Oh, my balls. Sorry, whatever. Whatever. But uh, the best part about this is we we know where this is going. Like instantly knew where this was going. Yeah, he's just he's throwing, throwing the stick. stick for his dog and he throws it in a bush and the dog brings back the stick, although it's not a stick. It is a severed hand. Of course. And so that's where the movie starts. Well, it freeze frames on the hand in the dog's mouth. It's a very corny looking hand. It's a Fulci hand. And it's a woman's hand because it has painted red fingernails, mm -hmm. like uh, long nails. And it pauses on that, and we have to look at it through the entire credit scene while they're playing smooth jazz to it. <laughs> it was so, I was like, or oh, God. Or the 70s funk. or like No, it was it not funk. It, it was definitely it, yeah, elevator music. It's just that that is over a dog holding a severed hand. In right. Mouth. It should have been like more like freakish, like some kind of like ee 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 or something like that. Like yeah. not exactly like Jason Voorhees or anything, but I'm just saying something a little bit more like creepy. Well, when you think the opening of Friday the 13th, since you bring that up, and they're shooting the names at you and they're playing that amazing theme, mm -hmm. it's pretty incredible. And when you see something like this, that's just very st like stale font on a picture of a dog holding a hand and they're just playing this music. My first thought is, what the fuck is this going to be? Like, like not even an ounce of creativity in the shot. There's nothing to it. It's just this really stale opening. But yes, right from here, we don't ever go back to that character and his dog. We don't really talk about that ever again. No, because it just sets up there's somebody murdering people in the city. Kind of, yeah. After they, the old man, his dog brings him the hand, um, cut to the police station after this when there's this old lady and she's annoying and she has curlers in her hair. She's one of those neighbors and she She's knows, talking about the hand. Yeah, she's talking about the hand. The person whose hand, I guess it was. Yeah, and she says, I know this person. She lives next door to me. Um, she went out last night at 7 o'clock p.m. And, you know, she didn't come back as far as I know. Well, so, she says, I listened to, to the phone call. Well, she says she didn't listen. She's like, oh, I heard the phone call. And he's like, this is where we're basically introduced to our main cop character. And he's just miserable. Yeah, he, and, he's a chain-smoking, miserable cop. Yeah, he he. Uh, He's a cliche. He basically is like, "How did how did you hear the phone call?" And she's like, "Oh, it's not that I was listening in, but anyways, the caller was really strange because he talked like a duck." And he's like, "Talk like a duck," and she said, "Yeah, like quack 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 quack." <laughs> and he's like, "She goes, but not like that, but different." From this some um, person, strangest voice I ever heard, sort of like a duck. 
Like a duck. Quack, quack, quack. Just like that. Not that he said quack, quack, quack. But that was a tone. And he made an appointment to meet her. Yeah, huh? And then he's like, okay. Yeah, she gave him some bullshit like, oh, our our lines sometimes get crossed. Yeah, she's lying. She's like, oh, God forbid. And of course she's in her curlers, uh, uh, moo-moo, and smoking a a cigar through one of those filters. Yeah, she she was just... She was like embodied the... You know, elderly, annoying neighbor. Yeah. And so, so this is where we get the first hint that, um, obviously there's there's a murderer. Well, well, when when how did you feel when you first heard this girl say he talks like a duck? You just thought, oh, he has a weird voice that's going to be like, like yeah. weird, weird, weird. Type yeah, of like thing. I thought that it was you know a, a pitchy voice or something. Yeah, something I didn't weird. think weird or like, he stutters or something. Yeah, I didn't think it was yeah. a literal. So that's duck. that's the thing. And before, uh, like I said, a little duck. No duck talks like this. No duck talks. <laughs> Thank you. They don't even make sounds like that, I mean, really. You know, like, not um, even Howard the Duck talk like that. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine if he did? It would be weird. Yeah, I, I would last five seconds. Um, So, yeah. um, But uh, they basically sent her out, and he's just like, oh, God, I can't talk to these women. You know, these these quackpot women. You said quackpot. Oh, my God, I did. <laughs> I didn't say crackpot. I said quackpot. I like quackpot. <laughs> We should have named the movie that. We should have been Murder for a Quackpot. Did you not, did you just not I didn't do that on know. purpose? I didn't know. You literally said Quackpot. My, I guess my mind is all wrapped up in puns that I couldn't remember. <laughs> oh my God, I love I it. I love it. That is the best thing. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. What a trip. How did you do that? I, I don't even know. Uh, so, and, and uh, that's when we get a shot of a woman that you were mentioning. Oh yeah, no, she's riding a Riding bicycle. a bike and she's got short shorts. And she's riding the bike. It's the 80s. It's the 80s. Yeah. And we're following her. She's riding in traffic on her bicycle. And she decides to stop at the last minute right against this guy's red car. And she scratches the car she with her bike. She scratches it pretty bad. I was like, okay, first of all, what are you doing? You had like so much room to go around. Yeah. But she decides that she stops her bike there and it looks like she kind of stumbles, like she was like falling she, off. Yeah, she's falling off. And so she hits the car with her bike and the guy starts yelling at her. Well, Bobby, um, a Bobby Moynihan character comes out. Oh, from, from SNL. Us. Yeah, he reminded he, he, me of that. He's like him doing a character comes out of this car and this guy's like the biggest jackass. Now, this girl's a pretty girl. And you're a guy. You're going to be a little like more gentle about everything but this guy's like the biggest asshole on the earth god damn it why can't you watch where you're going sorry i was thinking of boston the bar only streak it'll rub off in a second you women should stay home where you belong you're a menace to the public and you've got the brains of a chicken and you're an asshole ciao he's like telling her you have a brain of a chicken and yeah. you need to get back you need to stay home where you belong because these are not american actors or like american overdubbers <laughs> he says your you, yeah your brain's like a chicken first off no american's gonna say that right? no and then she says chow yeah <laughs> and i was like can, can we get I mean, pretend that we're in america no. I mean, like you're american at all and even the overdubber saying chow but uh she says uh you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought I was in Boston. She said she was having dreams of being in Boston. Daydreamed of being in Boston. What is that? What I is don't that? know. I don't even know why that's relevant. I in thought this she scene. said the turn. She wasn't used to the turn in New York. 
Oh, maybe. And she said, I, oh, I, I, I forgot I'm not in Boston? I, that's what I thought. It made no sense, but it seemed like they set up this character for a purpose. No. <laughs> you, because this, uh, this is one of these films. This is how these go. It turns out they're all going to the same place. They're going to uh, uh, the ferry. They're all going to drive onto the ferry, and they're going to, you know, they, they drive the cars onto it, which I've never done in my whole life. Oh, and the Staten Island Staten Ferry? Ferry? Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I might have done that when I was with my parents when I was a little kid. I remember doing it, yeah. But yeah, when I don't remember. But well, um, Yeah, they all go on it, and it turns out the guy that she scraped a car went on there, too, and she rides her bicycle. She seems to know everybody. She must take this ferry a lot. But for some strange reason, she sneaks down to his car, and because she's angry about what had happened, I guess, gets breaks into his car... And gets her lipstick out to write shithead on it or shit. Mm-hmm. So she writes on the windshield from the inside of the car. She starts writing with her red lipstick. Like, first of all, come on. Why are you going to waste lipstick like that? Yeah. But she's <laughs> like, what is the reasoning? Why would you want to do this? So That's... she's in the car and she's writing this on the inside windshield. And all of a sudden, it's like, duh, duh, duh. she not, looks up. Not even like it's that. It's not even not like, like that. A, it was more like. You're more a, credit. Yeah. I know. It was like a, I'm trying to do the real what it what yes. it should sound like, yeah. but what it really sounded like in the movie was hee. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go back and see what the hell it really It was sounded like, like such a ridiculous sound effect, and yeah. like it's not like okay, you, when you see somebody, you, like you're totally caught in the act, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Somebody caught you. Now we're thinking, okay, it's the guy who owns the car. And he's probably like, bitch, what are you doing in my car? Except she re- responds to it. And she, and, and by the way, because this is a, you know, one of these movies where it's like, who is the murderer? Everything's POV. And so we're following that guy's POV or person's yeah. POV into the car. And uh, the person looks into the window and looks and sees shit and looks at her and she's like responding like, oh, I'm sorry. The guy was a real jerk, you know, and I just wanted to get revenge on him. And that's when the person gets in the car and she just moves over and then starts having a full conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Or, or with the person. Or just explaining why she's in the car. Yeah, she's, and then for some reason she just forgets that she's a woman. So she starts spreading her legs and then that person, the POV, pans down. Yeah. I was like, oh, this and, is, I know what we're setting up here. And then she realizes it and is like, oh, maybe I'm a little creeped out. And that's when we hear it. Donald Duck attacks. <laughs> so we get, <laughs> you know, like right off the bat, well, what the fuck? Like for no no reason. Oh. Like it was just so weird. You know, so this guy, he's talking to her like a duck while he pulls out a switchblade. We only see the hand has a glove and we see the black trench coat arm like usual. And we see the switchblade attack her. And of course, he's like just. I mean, again, switchblades in this universe can gut. It's anybody. like a Ginsu knife. It just is insane. The stabbing, it's just crazy. There's like guts coming out of the wounds and stuff. And she's squeezed between the door of the the car and the wall, so she can't get out. So she basically just falls back into the car dead. And then we get um, a scene where basically they have docked, and now their cars are trying to leave. And for some strange reason, the guy who owns his car never came back, right? 
But the people behind him are getting angry. They're like, move the car. Now, first off, they would see that no one's in the car. Yeah. Right. But the, somehow the car behind that car starts pushing it. Yeah. And that like it's, really. Like it's in drive or something. It, it, it would have to be in neutral to move yeah, that yeah, car. Yeah. So, like, no, and nobody got out of their vehicle to investigate us. To, no one even and, cared. They just ran in it. Oh, we actually cut to a, a mortician. It's the, the stereotypical mortician where he's like got the headphones on and he doesn't, he's not taking anything seriously. He basically says terrible things. He's like, oh, the body that we found, I guess the hand, the body was there and the dog got the hand, Mm -hmm. but the body must have been there too. Because he says, oh, he cut her from her fun trail. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Right off the bat. First of all, who, who speaks like that? He's supposed to be a mortician. He's supposed to be like a medical professional. And he says they... A cutter cut from, from the, the fun, fun trail? trail? Okay, that's gross, first of all. And he basically says terrible things. Like, he's just an asshole. Yeah, he is. And he's like, I have another victim. We've got another victim that also seems the same. And he's like, the, I would say that the person is killing women. And he's cutting them in a sexual way. It seems like something deviant. So he's like, I think you got a problem on your hands. And they didn't even... So the police... After this happened, didn't even try and contact the driver or owner of that they, car. They do. They, so, yeah, that's why I won, I stopped myself a minute ago. But, yeah, uh, the driver just, for some reason, is absent, which is also kind of strange. And you don't, you're like, what the fuck? Why, was, why is this a thing? So when the chief of police comes in, he's like, I don't know if he's the chief of police or whatever. But he says, why are you starting a panic? Why don't you just say it's the guy who owned the car? And he goes, that scared guy was in the toilet. And he's like, That's that, right, kid, they did say that, that kid wouldn't wouldn't hurt anybody. He's or he's bawling. That's there, right. Yeah, he he was. He, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's like, uh, well, I don't want you to start a huge panic. I want you to, to finish finish this, but stop telling everybody to freak out. You mm-hmm. know, all uh, all the city. We can't have everybody freaking out that there's a sex murderer. I mean, loose. yeah. So, but he is like. I mean, they should put it out there that it is, you know, you should be careful. He's out there killing prostitutes. Yeah, absolutely. This is, again, the Jaws mayor. Uh, you know what? Calm it down. We got to make some money. Which is <laughs> odd because it's New York City. It's like right. huge. And if there's like a bunch of murderers, you uh, kind of should tell people. I don't I don't really understand. But it happens in New York City all the time, too. So it's like, okay. This is normal for New York City, right? And there's always some especially causing a ruckus yeah. out there. And <laughs> uh, because this is a, a movie like this, layers upon layers, because so much, this is one of those movies. And again, Giallo is a problem with this. There's so much plot that's unnecessary. It's too much unnecessary comes, dialogue. It doesn't flow properly. Yeah, we don't need all it. We but, know just, we could just, you know, say, hey, look, you know, they started an investigation. The police start. He's the police chief, who's like chain smoking cliche. He starts an investigation. Um, but he, for some reason, now we establish a bunch of new characters. So we got a guy who's walking through the city, basically, because they edit from the cops talking, like there's a a serial killer. They cut to a guy, which would suggest that this is the guy who's a killer. Right. And we we see this guy, and he's like. Um, I don't know how to explain him. He he looks like a... I, I'm trying to think of somebody he reminds me of, but, you know, he's, like, fit. You know, he he looks okay or whatever. 
but he goes into a sex store. It basically, it's not even a sex store. It's like a movie theater. This is crazy. It's a movie theater that has sex happening on a stage. Yeah. So which this is prostitution. Is, yeah, it And is. I don't really understand how it's legal. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, did, I wouldn't even guess that that would be legal at all. Because literally, it, this is like a movie theater, but like with a stage. So there's no movie playing. It's two people. On stage just having on sex. On stage, on a bed, having sex in front of other people. Yeah. And it's so bizarre because, like, nobody in the theater is really reacting. They're just, they look dead. And a lot of people are just bored. Yeah, they look bored. Except for one person. One person, there's this woman. She's in the theater. She's wearing this trench coat and yeah. a big floppy hat. Think Carmen Sandiego, but yeah. like gray. But she's very pretty anyway. She this, is pretty. This actress. Yeah, it's weird. So she has these wet lips and she's she's sitting there watching this sex act on on the, on the stage and she whips out this tape recorder and she's tape recording the sounds which you don't even know yeah. because it doesn't look like she pushes a button she just strokes it she just kind of strokes it yeah so you you could tell us something is going on here with her emotions and then it just goes right into full blown she is playing with herself she is definitely getting yeah. off on this we have to have a, a up close of her mouth oh, up yeah. close of her eyes oh my god Be, her yeah. thighs she's rubbing on her she's thighs she's got like lingerie on under the trench under coat under the trench coat and she's sitting in the front row and she's just definitely all into it she's touching herself she's i mean this is like I was like, wow, this is something that's happening. You know, I'm shocked. They're playing jazz, darn it. They're playing jazz. And there's tons of men in the audience, too. But it, there's nothing going on with the men. They look literally bored. Well, these two human beings, which I think they were absolutely 100% having real sex on that bed, um, they're just going at it. And the only person that's reacting is the woman in the trench coat. And she's, then she, she's there one minute, and then she's gone the next well yeah that that other guy that we followed in she he like is sitting there he's watching her do what she's doing mm -hmm. uh, i think that she's looking around but for some reason she doesn't notice him well she's pretty involved in what she was doing yeah so yeah and he, then and i guess the point out is this guy that we followed into the movie theater in the first place is missing two fingers on his hand yeah you know what he looks like he looks like um like the Hispanic Tony Monero. I was thinking from that too. Saturday I was trying Night to get Fever. To it, yeah. You know Saturday Night Fever. Yes, uh, he does. John Travolta. He kind of has that look, you know, with the shirt hanging yeah, absolutely. open. You know, yeah, like that pompadour kind of hair. But I mean, it's kind of it's. I thought it was flat, but all right. No, it's like a little poofed up in the front. He, he looks like Tony okay. Monero. Um, he just needs like a gold chain. But yeah, so that's what he looks like. And um, so after this whole thing, like. The, the, the two actors, or are they actors? The two people having yeah. sex on the stage, well, they're done. And they get up and they put their robes on and they walk off the stage and they pan over to the woman. She's gone. Like, she left. Yeah, she left. So the woman that was sitting in the oh, audience. actually, he's gone. Yeah, and then she's gone too. Yeah, she I think leaves. she gets up, but he's already gone. But we don't see. No, he doesn't get up. No, she does disappear. She, she he looks over. She's gone. And yeah, he's... and then we we follow the uh, person on stage into the back room. Yeah, so this is interesting in so many ways, and also very stupid. So she goes to her dressing room and tries to turn on the light, but the light doesn't go on. So what we have is like 
night vision, like green. I couldn't glow. tell what the hell we were supposed to be seeing. Is it pitch black? It, it was yeah. supposed to be pitch black. I thought it was the some... neon light from outside the window because it's New York and it could have been. Place. I didn't. It was know. all green. It was weird. So she could see barely, you yeah. know. But the light bulb is gone out of the, <laughs> out of the light fixture, and so she looks up and she's like, "Oh God damn it, Joe! That prick bastard Italian, Joe." Joe! Why can't you fix anything? And she yeah. starts screaming like, and whatever. God damn you, idiot. I like when she walked into this room, by the way. She passed by another um, one of the actors, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's an actor, just someone about to have sex. And she's like, How was the night? She's like, Ugh. How did it go? Eh. She literally goes, Eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, apparently Joe is the worst guy on the earth because yeah. he doesn't change the light bulbs, apparently. I, I really don't know what's going on here. No. But uh, yeah, she. So she steps on broken glass. She does. And and so she's in she, the dark trying to find some ointment for her yeah, foot. Not only does she not open the door to get some light open in. Open the door. Or, or find another light source. This is the only light in this room. She has no other light source but her lighter. But <laughs> the funniest thing is she hobbles across the room to get some uh, uh, ointment for her foot. Which makes me think she can see. Right. But somehow when she hobbles back to take it out... She doesn't step on all the glass again. like No, she doesn't. So it's like she knew it was there, obviously, but there's no light in this room. So this stupid broad is hopping around trying to find ointment for her foot. I'm like, okay, well, obviously we know she's going to die here. So she I, takes the glass out and then she hears a rustle in her closet, it's, which is a giant closet. Yeah, it's a big closet. She pulls back the curtain. It's a, It's actually a curtain. She pulls back the curtain and she gets... I, well, oh first God. off, we hear... What, what do we hear again? <laughs> Did I do it right? I loved it. Did I do it right? And it's something like this. I'm going to kill you. I mean, you, you see her face and all of a sudden you just see like a bottle, like a cracked bottle coming at her from the closet, but not... Not in her chest, not in her face, not in her throat, in her vagina. Her, 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 her JJ. Vagina. Uh, her fun trail. In her fun trail. Oh my god, that sounds awful. I just I can't believe the guy said that in the opening. Like, gets what? a broken bottle. Yeah, right in the in JJ. Her and, uh, vagina. And she, I mean, that's it. It was just blood everywhere. It was so gross. Okay, like they didn't show it in graphic detail because obviously it was too disturbing, but like. Honestly, it was pitch black in the room, too. She dies, like, instantly. Instantly. She falls back, and they, you could just see. And I didn't even know that's what happened until she fell back. And then I was like, oh, the blood was only there. And I was like, oh, did she just mm -hmm. get stabbed in the gooch? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> and you're like, so, yeah, it sure did. Obviously, we're dealing with some kind of, like, depraved sex maniac. Yeah. And, and he's doing nasty things. Let's point out here what's the scene seems to establish right we seem to follow the killer into this place and meet another woman which would make you go oh one of the killers is these two people mm -hmm. but the guy was still sitting when we already went into the room so that means the killer would have to already be in the room which would mean the killer could only possibly be the woman or a character we haven't met yet right this We're is one of those movies right? yeah it's one of those movies where you're not tricking us by just establishing more and more people you're just establishing that there's only a couple possibilities, and if if you just thought about it for a second, right? And it's not. Oh, I mean, it's it's usually never the most obvious choice. Like they they try to really. I mean, 
Fulci has a thing where he likes to put people in like front and center and make us think that it's them, but it's not. But that's what I'm saying right here. Like, there's no way. The only one it could have been was the woman. But we see that the person who stabs her is wearing a black coat. Right, that's true. And the true. woman wearing gray. So what we yeah. automatically know, it's none of these characters. And yeah. also, by the way, I was trying to say that the one guy we followed into this movie theater who, who made us think that he was the killer has two fingers missing. And it's it's badly done in this weird prosthetic. It looks like these two nubs, like prosthetic nubs yeah. they put on them. It looks like clay. It looks really Yeah, but at, I mean, at least they tried this time. True. <laughs> but this person holding the bottle doesn't have a glove on. And it's clear as holding the bottle with a full, you know, five fingers. Yeah. And the same thing with the switchblade scene. This is a per- this is a person has, you know, is can't be this guy, you know? Right. So right off the bat, you're like, oh, this is just some weird establishing crap that we don't really even need. But the movie decides to do these scenes. And uh, right after that murder, I believe we follow the, the Carmen, I'm going to call her Carmen San Diego. Uh, the woman in the uh, the trench coat with uh, the hat and the you lingerie. You know what's funny is I don't know any of the names. I couldn't tell you. And it's funny, too, because one of them said a lot. Like, I, I was laughing about the old woman that said, the talks like a duck. They said her Mrs. name a ton Mrs. in the Mrs. Feingold or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I, I knew I was like, I'm going to remember that name because it's so interesting. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mrs. Weisberger. You've really been a great help, and I appreciate it no end. Now, if we need you again, we'll call, okay? Yeah, but uh, we follow her, and it turns out that she's married to a guy that looks like Paul Giamatti in bad make, bad uh, colored hair. Oh my gosh! It's like they put white makeup in his uh, beard and yeah. his hair. Yeah, he he does look like that. He yeah. looks like he looks like Al Pacino today, but with prosthetics on. <laughs> well, I feel bad for Paul Giamatti now. I was just joking. No, like, like it... you know how Al Pacino he got heavy, yeah. so like they, if it seems like they just he doesn't look that old though. No, he looks like a really. younger guy pretending to be older. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's how, that's why I kept saying Paul Giamatti. Uh, but it turns out uh, he doesn't move. I don't think he does. But we see that he's listening to her tape and like having an orgasmic experience of some sort. He's listening to, and by the way, she recorded perfectly the sex and the jazz music. And I was like, there's no way that she recorded the sex over that music. No. No way. But it's perfect. And uh, he's he's loving it. And apparently they're married. And this is the way that they get sexual by listening to these or watching other sexual sex acts. Because he takes the tape out and throws it into a drawer full of tapes. Yeah, it seemed like they've been doing this a bit. You know, like this is like their sexual, like I guess their fantasy or their, um, their vice or their sexual vice. Where like they... You know, she goes and records this shit, and that's how they get off with each other. Maybe I, I don't know. This scene or these characters only seem to be establishing that one of these characters is a killer, right? Again, like why else put this character in here? Yeah, this and, woman is like a little suspicious from minute one. Though. And now She's this guy weird. is because he doesn't yeah. seem to get up, like he can't walk or something. Yeah, and then he tells her, uh, "Find something to do tonight," because I've decided I have to do something else, and she's like. I already made plans because I figured you weren't. Yeah. And then he's like, she's like, bye. And then he just, that's when we see him throw this the is... tape into the, the, all the other tapes. Like he's got tons right, of them. Right, he's got tons of them. So it was like, well, okay, this is establishing some crazy stuff that this guy's into. Yeah, but it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, really. We no, don't... it doesn't. It's really odd. But again, it's just to establish that he might be a killer. 
Well, she goes out and she goes to a bar. Oh, God. This is like the creepiest scene in the whole movie. I, I can't, I don't want to say creepy. This is the skeeviest out of everything that we've seen in this movie up until the very end. I'm so, I was like literally just, ugh. I was clenching my teeth. I was like, ugh. So she goes to this bar, okay? So just try and picture this. She goes to this um, shitty, shitty part of town. And there's a couple guys in there, and you know, you could tell they're just greaseballs. It's during the day. It's during light. the day, in the middle of the day, but they just look like greaseballs. Like, they just look nasty. Like, they just got some nastiness going on. And so they're playing pool in there. Don't skip the best shot, which is she looks <laughs> from one side of the room to the like the front. There's two guys playing uh, pool across the way. or And I think, or they're, yeah, they're playing pool. And then they show her face, and she's just sitting there, like, like stiff, at this chair and a table. And then she zooms in over, and the shot is of just a guy's moose knuckle. Oh my god! It's a okay. giant. It's just like a ball bulge. I was like, okay, what is this? Broad the tightest doing pants ever. And that's the actual shot. It's just of that. And then when it scrolls over again, the other guy watching her is just licking at her. It's so skeevy. Yeah. So the two guys playing pool. They just abandon their game and they go over and they sit because with her. She says she basically makes a face like she's into it when he's looking at right. her. Right? Yeah, she gives like a little smirk, like yeah. a half smile. But that panned over shot of her looking at the freaking balls. I mean, how does that not hurt? First of all, it looked like it I hurt. mean, th- those it pants squeezing. were squeezing the shit out of her. It was yeah. awful. So this is the scene that made me just so. Um, so the two guys come and sit down with her at the table. And this guy is so, like, they're just making obscene gestures at her and stuff. And they make just, a bet for a beer. And make a bet for a beer. And they, the one guy sitting across from her takes his shoe off. Because he says that the bet is, I bet she's not wearing any panties. Yeah, that's the bet. So, why, first of all, what are you doing in this skeevy-ass bar anyway? Obviously, there's because something wrong with her. No, because sexually, she wants this to happen. She does. She needs a little sexual excitement, I guess. It's something. She Who gets knows? off on this weird stuff. But this situation, this is a no for me. So she's sitting at the at the table, and the guy takes his shoe off, and he starts moving his foot up her leg and into her underwear yeah. with his fucking filthy toes. His, his corn cobs. Oh, my God. His nasty, sweaty, disgusting toes are in her vagina. Well, yeah, and... We we actually get a camera shot of underneath her seat. Oh my god! It is who, who's doing this camera it's work? It's wild, I can't. and he's and uh. of course the he the, the beer he won the bet. And he's like I lost the bet because she is wearing panties, but I don't know why she is because she's got enough hair down there. Oh my god! I was like, Jesus it was just so creepy, Christ. and we do have to sit through another three minutes of him with his foot in her. And, and we have to keep seeing close up of this guy doing googly eyes. Like he's so oh, excited, they and, were just gross. And then uh, basically they say drink. He, she, the one guy force feeds her some beer, and she's getting off. She, she's like stop, stop. But then she's like basically do more. And mm-hmm. then that's when they're like when she starts asking for more. That's when they're all like, uh, they they ripped the table away, and she's like, oh no, and she runs out. That was a weird thing to do. It yeah, was a weird thing to honestly, do. Honestly, because they, they they have this girl. Right, they have her. So why scare her off? So they, they pull strange. the table out from her so everyone can see that his foot is in her vagina. 
And so she just runs out in terror. Like, really, that is what terrifies you? Not the fact that some stranger has his sweaty, funky, fungus-filled, nasty-ass toe jam in your vagina. (laughs) But... That's what bothers you? Like, I, I just, it's like, it's I was movie. so skeeved, man. I was like, freak this movie. I can't. And Fulci, he's like this. He he does, you know, skeevy things like this in his films. So I was expecting some skeeve, but not that skeeve. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even look at one point. I was like, oh, God, they're showing it. Like, we got to see, like, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, nope. I'm out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know if this is what happens next here. I'm just going to guess because I know this does happen in the movie. But uh, a guy working at the police station tells the uh, main cop that he has gotten a phone call from somebody who talked like a duck. And, of course, the, the, the detective goes, hmm, talk like a duck. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> guy with a strange voice. He said he called back. Sounded just like a duck. Duck. Never heard that before. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, the cops in these movies suck. They're so. Another woman told you during one of your victims that you were told that might be a killer, a serial killer on the yeah. loose. Talk like a duck. And you don't remember. I would never forget. He talked like a duck. That's what just that not mean? something that you forget at yeah. all. Well, uh, even funnier is that the, the this, this uh, main detective. He sleeps with prostitutes because he has a main prostitute named Kitty. And uh, yeah, she's the bottom bitch. Kitty wakes up and she's extremely young looking compared to this guy. I mean, he just looks old. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't even know she was a prostitute until it was told to us. Make me some coffee, will you? Sweetheart, I'm a prostitute, not your wife. You want coffee? You make it yourself. Um, well, have you seen that man? I, yeah, but I was just like, he needs what? The, he needs a prostitute. He's so yeah. She the phone rings and she picks it up, and she wakes him up, and she's like, "Hey, there's someone talking like a duck on the phone," and she's like, uh, "They're looking for you." And he's like, "How did this is your house? Like, how would they know I'm here?" Mm-hmm. Right? And he's like, "What?" Hello. And uh, he picks up the phone and she's like, "Are is your name Detective Blah uh, Blah Blah Blah? I don't remember his name now." But uh, he's like, "Huh?" And he grabs the phone and that's when we hear him like, "You're sleeping with your own prostitute." <laughs> and then he's like, "What? Who the hell is this?" She's like, "I'm going to kill another girl," you know. And he's like, "How oh, the hell's going on?" And then he hangs up and he's like, "I'm watching you." So he's like, "What the?" Pray. He's how like, would who he did you even tell? know that he was yeah. there? He's like to the prostitutes, like Kitty. He's like, how did you, uh, the woman of the night? I'm sorry, woman of the night. Um, he's like, did you tell anybody? And she's like, no. And he's like, are you sure? And no. he's, she's like, no, I didn't tell anybody. So how would they know that he was there? Well, you know, great detective work, idiot. Yeah. Because he's following you, obviously, dummy. So, I mean, how else would he know? Yeah. Who is this? Tell the truth. You were shooting your load with that horn of yours, weren't you? Who the hell are you? Can't you guess, Williams? Now you gotta 
the next scene jumps to some kind of wiretapping thing going on in the police station. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but when do it, we meet the guy from the university? Right after this. Oh, okay. I think. Um, he, he's like, it's some kind of wiretapping because the guy's like, I've listened to all of your conversations with this killer. And I'm like, how? How? It, how many times have they talked? Yeah. This is, we've only seen once. Right. So how come when she said he's talking like a duck, he didn't react like, oh my God, I know, I, I know this guy, you know, like we've been listening to his conversations forever. He didn't react like that. No, he, he was shocked about it. Yeah. He didn't even know that someone knew like anything. He hardly remembered the duck talk. And by the way, nobody reacts to this guy. Is, they pretty much take this like it's normal. Mm-hmm. That there's a guy quacking and like pretending to be Donald Duck on the phone. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, they could have, in, in all fairness, they probably could have been like, oh, he's trying to disguise his voice or something because yeah. he doesn't, they, you know, he doesn't want them to know who he is. Yeah. So I get that aspect, but Donald Duck, like, but you think that like, people would be like, I, I mean, it would be hard for not, it would be hard for me not to laugh. Oh, I'd be cracking up. Uh, see, you didn't say, you didn't say quack him up. Oh, I wouldn't by be accident. Quacking up. Yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I would just think one of these actors would be like, what? You're talking like Donald Duck? This is weird. No one even references Donald Duck. No. They don't say, this guy's talking like Donald Duck. They just keep saying he talks like a duck. Yeah, they just, yeah, that's all they say. Uh, but it's it's not even that he talks like a duck. He quacks, but then he has that weird little voice. It's not even it's quacking. So, it's just that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, of course, because this is a cop movie and this is one of those thrillers, the only possible solution to figure out who this killer is is to go find a smart psychologist and team up with them. So he goes to a guy in um, a, a, a university. We just see this guy playing chess. He's like a professor at a university. Yeah. He's playing like electric chess. I, I remember this damn game when I was a kid. It's like this little chess board, but it's computerized. And uh, he's playing it in, in the university. I think he's sitting in the, the student seats and he's just playing it by himself. And this guy looks like to me like Bradley Cooper in uh, American Hustle with glasses. And I think this actor was also the father in House by the Cemetery, which I oh, think is another uh, Fulci film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, he goes in there and he goes up to the, uh, the cop goes up to him and is like, hey, you know, I, I need your help or whatever. And uh, he's like, this guy seems to know exactly what was about to happen. Because he says, oh, uh, another woman's going to get killed. Yeah, how does he know? And then I was like, he didn't even start by saying that. First of all, how does he have any knowledge of this? We were talking about this. It must how be in the he... news already that there was a there's a killer. Right, so how does how is he speculating? I mean, if this guy is a serial killer and has killed several already... Yeah, he's going to kill somebody else. So you're not making some startling revelation, you idiot. You know? Like, okay, thanks for that guidance. Like, what did this cop even come to him for? Yeah. It makes no sense. It, well, he, he goes, uh, how much does it pay? He Like, that's when he asks him. And he goes, my time is, I'm very busy. He's playing electric chess. I was like, what an asshole. And the cop doesn't even say to him, oh, you look busy. Yeah. You know, he just goes along <laughs> with it and it's like, well, you get some money. You know, whatever. We'll take care of you, whatever. And he makes jokes back to him, but they're not anything great, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, he basically says, give me all the stuff you have on this killer. And I'll look into it. And I'll help out. So they get they supply him with everything. 
And is there, there's an odd scene for no reason that he grabs some, uh, um, like, gay men magazines. Okay, I, I need help with this. So this guy is introduced, and he's, you know, being involved heavily with the case. This detective just automatically trusts him, and he's being he's involved with this case. So he goes to a newsstand, and he buys a gay porn mag. Yes. And the guy at the newsstand seems to know him because he's like, okay, so you want this magazine, but you also want a newspaper. So he hides the gay porn in the newspaper. In the newspaper. So like he knows the guy like, okay, yeah, wink, wink. Yeah. I understand you're trying, you know, be discreet. And they never go back to that. And again, I'm like, oh my God, this is him trying to establish another possible killer. So what I thought immediately when I saw that magazine was that they're establishing that he's not a possibility because he's gay so he's not going to perform sex acts on women but they're not he they're not performing sex acts they're the murderer seems to be killing women brutally like taking away their sex organs well that's true but I so mean, it's somebody who hates women right well we didn't know when we started this movie that's what was happening well but we, no because the the right off the bat the the the, the coroner's like he stabbed her in the vagina yeah, but then, you know, Tony Monero is having sex with them, so... Yeah, but then, like, Tony Monero, he, like, disappears. Yeah, but... that's, the, that's the guys who's missing two fingers. Yes. Well... He was in the sex... It's this good to bring that theater. up. It's good to bring that up, because we get now another scene of setting up more characters. Uh, we were on a subway where that guy with the new fingers shows up onto a subway car at night, of course, and, of course, it's a abandoned subway car... With a young, pretty blonde sitting in the damn subway car for no reason by mm -hmm. herself at night. And this guy's sitting a, a little ways away. We've seen this kind of scene so many times now. It's not even like special. But of course, because when the subway car moves, it goes dark for a minute. And he's like suddenly right in front of her. Mm -hmm. Typical. She starts getting creeped out. Uh, this, this girl has uh, killer eyes. They look like cat's eyes. Yeah. This yeah, actress. She kind of looks like Reese Witherspoon, I think. She, uh, yeah, young, young version, like uh, Freeway. Yeah. Uh, so she gets up and she's trying to get away. Of course, she can't get away. But right before he can, like, move in toward her, the door opens up and she runs out. And, of course, because it's a killer movie, he just walks after her. <laughs> and she's just, like, running, all crazy, running and running. She, she finally gets out to the street. She runs past the movie theater playing uh, American Werewolf in London. And I was like, oh, good movie's playing. Uh, and <laughs> she keeps running. And all of a sudden, she's, she goes down an alley. So, and, of course, this is the famous New York, you know, New York City where there's no one on the street. Yeah. You know, that famous street. You know, yeah, just like in, in Jason Takes Manhattan where yeah. there's no one on the street except when he kicks the boombox. I love when he kicks the boombox. Uh, yeah. So she, of course, runs and runs. She finally gets up to this one place, and she stumbles on to the quacker. I'm going to call him the quacker. Yeah. The the killer, I guess, is in front of her, but we saw that guy with the two fingers missing following her. Yeah, but then he just, like... He disappears. Disappears, and it's now the quacker in front of her face, and he's he stabs her in the leg pretty bad. He stabs her pretty bad. It shows it, like, slicing open her entire flesh. Yeah. And then, one of my favorite things, he raises it up in the air, the switchblade, the stabber, and hits the side of a wall, and it makes, like, a cling. 
like it hits another sword. Like two swords are hitting each other. Like, bing. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, that's so cheesy. Yeah. That is so bad. And she she's able to get away. And he's like quacking his way after her. And <laughs> he she goes into a movie theater. And I I just automatically was like, how did she get in here? There's no people. There's nobody working here. There's, There's a movie. And by the way, it's playing the sounds of what I would call pure insanity. It sounds like it's playing Donald Duck cartoons with explosions yeah. Yeah. and other sound effects. All It's just madness. I feel like they just went to the back room of the stock sound, you know. Of what? Footage. You know, the stock sound. It's like 80 different sounds yeah, put on top of it. Yeah, and they just, like, ran them all together. That's yeah. what I think they did. We don't see the screen ever. We only see her. She sits in an abandoned theater playing this in- insanity. No workers. So you didn't see any workers. She's not looking for anybody. She's not calling anybody. She's not screaming for help. Nope. She's just sitting there going, Ah, oh, my leg. There's you know, no Where people. my stab wound is, right? But then the best thing happens ever. But she decides to sit down. If she's sitting down. She's Take just, like, rest. gasping Take a little for rest. her pain. Yeah, all of a sudden... Uh, the guy two hands come come from underneath the seat the guy is under the her, seat between her legs grabbing yes, at her vagina grabbing at her while she's sitting her there now first of all anyone who's a human being has been in a movie theater okay you first of all there's no way that a human can fit underneath the seat no yeah even in the old a... school 1980s theater seats you're not fitting a body under there yeah if someone's sitting there you're just not doing it i just kept screaming what and there's no face there's just arms and there's hands just arms like it's like chud and yeah. and so he's like <laughs> grabbing at her so she finally musters up the strength to scooch away and hobble away and into the alley yeah into, into the, the aisle. alley but the craziest not in thing, the alley yeah, the aisles of the seats yeah. or the aisles of the seats but then the craziest thing is we see her get out of there no. Right? Get out of that particular theater. No. And she goes through the doors. And when she goes through the doors, she sees another man. No, she doesn't even get out of the theater. She runs into the aisle. And then all of a sudden, there's a guy in front of her. So the other guy that's in front of her, that's happening in theater? Yeah, because the light is still coming. Like the light projection light. Okay. It looked and like she went through the doors to get out of the theater. And he was standing there. I don't remember. I thought she, he was standing in the light of the, the theater. No, Because I, I said, and I, I automatically said, another killer? No, she pushed the doors open, and he was there, and he had a, he, he sliced her. It was some other guy, and we saw his face, and he was actually a decent-looking guy. He wasn't the two, the guy with the missing fingers at all. No, and, and, and again, like I said, the uh, we knew that the guy the guy with the missing fingers is not the killer because this is a person in a trench coat with mm-hmm. gloves on and a switchblade, and he's quacking, and he was in front of her. And then we have an... Um, we're guessing that the quacker guy got under her seat and is reaching between her legs. Mm-hmm. And when she runs out of the damn, off the seat, she runs into this other guy who now starts slashing at her. She seems to, like, recognize him and say, like, oh, like, I I need help or whatever. And then he just makes a face, like he squints his eyebrows, and he slices her, slices, Jesus Christ, slashes her up with a straight razor. Yeah. And I said... What did she find? The one movie theater where every lunatic is in it? Yeah. Like, this is a new killer now? I was like, this can't be right. Because they're literally showing his face. I mean, we, we we could see his face. So I was like, this is weird. This is crazy. Yeah. Who the hell is this guy? And then she wakes up screaming. And she's in the hospital. She's in the hospital. So apparently she did get away from the, I guess, the quacker. And she was in the hospital and her leg was all like bandaged up, whatever. 
and then we see we, we watched that guy in that dream apparent dream coming through the hospital which yeah. is also the famous hospital that's abandoned during the day oh of course there's like one nurse walking around yeah and so he's walking he walks right in the door and we're like oh my god that's the guy well he doesn't just walk he first off he passes the detective and the uh the psychologist oh yeah you don't need hallway. to check in or yeah you nobody's know, watching like the that. door nobody's nope. protecting her and he even funny i kind of point this out too because this scene is just the way it's filmed is terrible it doesn't look like a hospital room it looks like an actual hotel room it does yeah and there's no glass you can't see out. There's like just an actual door. And that guy who walks past the, you know, the guy we saw in the dream, he starts, I guess, trying to open the door for, for some reason. It's taking him a very long time. She's watching the door knob slowly like move, but not actually like opening. Like someone's picking a lock. It was one of those stupid it's horror to be a hospital tropes. room. But like, the, you know, when you, you can hear the killer is like slowly turning the knob and there's a suspense building. I guess. It was like that. And I was like, oh, come on. We've seen his face already. There is no suspense here. There's no suspense. And there's like, it's it just like, does this killer not know how to open a door? I know. It, it was ridiculous. It was like the longest drawn out door opening I've ever yeah. seen in a movie. And so he finally gets the freaking door open and she looks at him and her eyes widen and she's like, darling. Yeah, he's like, Literally, oh, darling. Yes. So this is her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And she had a nightmare about him slashing her up. I was like. What she tells him. Uh-huh. She says to him, I have to tell you something. He goes, no, you don't. And she's like, no, I really have to tell you something. And he's like, yeah, come on now. Yeah, and then she finally, he, she finally says, no, I have to tell you that when I was get, after I got attacked, I had a dream about it, and you killed me. You had a razor, and you started killing me. You were the killer. Yep. And he's like, huh. Yeah, he was like so not interested. I think in he anything. smiles, and they like cut away. Yeah, he kind of like blows it off like uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> your dream is crazy I was like oh man Fulci how many characters have we gotten already that I don't even know how they attach to each other right so I was like oh god so we're like more than halfway through at this point and they introduced this new guy and I was like oh lord so this woman's name is Faye and they say it a lot in the movie um so we see her she gets released from the hospital finally when she is brought back to her boyfriend's house and I guess that's where he wants to take care of her or whatever. So out of nowhere, though, weird things start to happen. Like, he he goes out? Am I missing something? No, he, he, he's really nice there. He puts her in, like, a... They have a huge place. Yeah, no, it's, it's, like a, a big it's place. not her place. It's his place. And oh, so okay. it's, a, it's, like, crazy. It's like an artist's law. Has she not been there before? She acts like she hasn't. That's yeah, what's that's, so it, weird. That's what I was confused. I actually thought she lived there. That's what I'm saying. It's so weird. So like, she, you he know. He puts her on some pillows and he's like, I'm gonna go out because I have to do something for work. But I'll be right back. Right? Yeah. And then she, that's all of a sudden she starts realizing, huh. I, I feel weird about this. So I'm gonna go and search the house? Okay, so can we just talk about this house first of all? This it looks like from the outside a townhome. Yes. Like something like that. And um inside are steps. So there's steps going upstairs and then when you get upstairs there's another row of steps. Yeah. It's weird as fuck. It's I'm like odd. 
It looks like it's abandoned and it's like cobwebs yes, everywhere. Yes. No, no, having two sets of steps in a house is not weird. What is weird is the fact that the third layer of the house seems like somebody set fire to it or something. It just looks like it was, extremely old. Yeah. Like not taken care of. It was weird. So she gets up there and she is, oh, she finds this red door. Which There's a is, red door, which yeah. automatically is like a, a sign. Yeah. Oh, oh. Now, mind you, this door is not locked. It's not. And he left her alone in his house. She's just like, okay, what, what is going on here? It seems like it was like the first time she's ever been there. So she opens the door and there's... You know, we, we, we jumped way too far. You think so? Yeah, because I remember now why we had to establish other things. Yeah, <laughs> this leads to an all scene. Yeah. Uh, she's in a hospital room. We just established that uh, that she has a boyfriend. And we're like, oh, more characters. But when now we, we basically cut back to the Carmen San Diego character. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I don't know how it happened, but she hooks up with the, the two finger guys missing. The missing finger guy. Okay, well, let me just say that she, we don't ever get to see how she hooks up with him. But she's just in the car with him, paying him cash. So they don't establish how they came to be together. Yeah. They just... She's paying a guy for sex, I, I, well, yeah. which is wild. Why would Because this... she's really pretty. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand she... why this is happening, but she, uh, he ties her up on the bed naked, and he gets, and instead of, and he starts, like, fooling around with her, with her legs and stuff, and then he stops, and then he goes and talks on the phone, and she's like, what the fuck? And we hear him saying things like, yeah, this is the kind of girl you're looking for. She's all into weird stuff. Yeah, so like, who are you like, calling? Weird, weird, you know? And uh, I guess they're like, the cops have now talked to, uh, they're trying to get it out there, like, alert everybody that, yeah, how did, oh, yeah, because because the girl got attacked on the subway, she told them, and this is a great line that just did not make sense to me. Apparently, they picked out a guy in a mugshot that it was missing two fingers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do they, how? How would they even come to this conclusion? Like, how would they even find a picture to show her? Right. Like, I don't, I don't remember her seeing the two fingers missing. No. No, I guess she did. Well, she, she did. did because he grabbed the railing. That's right. On, on the subway. I made sure to sho- shove it in her face that, she, oh, I have no fingers here. Yeah. That's so, right. So, yeah, she so knew she, that. She's like, no fingers. And I guess they had a, a whole folder of no fingered people. And she's like, that's the one. They didn't show any of that scene. They just told us. Uh, oh, the Walter full of no finger people. <laughs> it's like, which one of these no finger people oh, is Jesus. it? Oh, um, my God. So, yeah. Uh, they now put out on the radio. They have a DJ on the radio. The worst person ever to deliver this dialogue. He basically... They, they basically, uh, he gets off the phone. I guess he had sex with the with the woman, but left her tied up while he's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And the radio guy, the DJ, now gets on the radio. He's like, hey, everybody out there. Woo-hoo. And he's like, just so you know, uh, stay away from uh, guys missing two fingers, girls. We don't want any more slashed up women in the town. Don't you dare touch that dial. This is Big Phil Burroughs, everybody. I'm going to cry whipping well. Plus, I got a thousand messages for y'all. But but first of all, I want to ask that dude with uh, two fingers missing on his right hand a big question. Man, why, baby? 
Please, leave the ladies alone. Ripper, leave them alone. Yeah. Like, I was like, who wow, says this that? is the smooth jazz guy telling everybody about a like, what, serial killer. What the, who does that? Who delivers that kind of news like that? that in that fashion, so, so nonchalant and cavalier. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Well, we see after this whole thing. Well, like, she, heard, she hears it on the radio. She hears it on the radio and she, you know, tries to, she unties the knot with her mouth that she's tied up. And then so she gets her coat and she runs out of there. But for some reason, this dumb broad cannot find the freaking exit. She's pounding on the elevator she door. She knocks on it like it's a door that opens for her. I'm like very that. confused by this. And then she tries to go to another exit door and she can't get through. She runs into a mirror in the end of a hallway. Yeah. I don't understand what that there's was. There's nowhere to go. Like, where? what is this place? Yeah. So she couldn't get out. So obviously, Quackers is there. <laughs> she turns around and she gets freaking run through up from her vagina all the way up. And yeah, stabbed she, in the neck. Yeah. And she's donezo. And I'm just in shock because, like, literally this is the dumbest woman on earth. Yeah, there's a whole sequence here where she stands in the doorway because the door is slowly opening and creaking and she's afraid that he's going to wake up because she thinks he's the killer. Yeah. And she just stands at the doorway instead of running. Right, there's no suspense in this yeah. um, particular scene because we know exactly what's going to happen to her because she's so dumb. Yeah, and like you said, she's murdered. Mm-hmm. And again, I should point this out that while it sounds like grotesque what we're talking about, it's done in a way where it seems really cartoonish. Yes. Like the gore is just so out of control. Yes. And it's a switchblade and it's just slicing them open like like you're cutting a... Like a piece know, of like, ham. A, a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just full on. Like you're splitting a chicken breast. Yeah. It, it's so it's kind of <laughs> so, comical. I mean... It's just so wild when it happens. I'm like, come on. Yes, but I will say this for Fulci. This has come a long way since zombie three it has with the with the, the, uh, the makeup the gore here is yes. better it is the, the prosthetic yes. the no finger guy that looks terrible that looks terrible but the gore here at least they're using realistic looking blood i mean in the other movies that he's done it's like always look like paint it was terrible yeah and um in this they're actually showing something right. yeah. so you got to give him credit for that that he's actually come up a bit in this one from the 70s to the 80s yeah. he's definitely come up in the gore department. We know that the killer isn't the guy with the fingers. We already knew that anyways. Mm-hmm. And now that the this uh, woman is set up to have been not, you know, she's like, seems like, are they setting her for the killer? Now she's out of the picture. She's dead. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, they basically say, oh, he was there in the room with her because he the hotel room so they go and try this is another terrible shot they for, for for some reason they go to a house where a woman we just hear her talking about oh my god you know he hasn't paid and there's like sex stuff all over the walls in this room apparently this is his place mm-hmm. and i guess this is his girlfriend that's his like part-time girlfriend whoever it is and we get to watch this through a point of view shot of a hand just trashing things like this is supposed to be like someone searching the house yeah. To see, like, to find anything that could help them on the case. But all this hand is doing is just jostling everything in the room. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, this is not a good directing choice for Fulci. I it's feel like so it's, it's jarring and it's 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 odd. Especially since the whole point of view has been used for the killer. Exactly. This would suggest that whoever's behind this hand is the killer. 
Right, so but that would that, mean, who was it, a cop? It's one of the cops. It's just like this one random cop. And it's so odd because the hand did not match the person it was because right. he he was not a white person. <laughs> so right, the hand true. was a white person. And I was like, and what is this? The, the only one that could be left is the one that we already assumed. So now we're cutting back to Well, what, what happens is uh, basically they put out a bulletin about the two-finger guy yep. and that he's the killer and to be on the lookout for him. Mm-hmm. And since she's now searching the house, she goes up to the red door. Now, she, while she's going in this red door room, we see the two-finger... I don't. I keep saying two-finger guy, but he's like missing Let's two fingers. Let's just call him... The three-finger Tony Monero. Yeah. Uh, you killed my father, prepared to die. Oh, no, that's Inigo Montoya. Oh. Uh, so we see the hand uh, break the window out downstairs... And reach in and unlock the the window, and we know that he's breaking in to come and get her. Right, but she finds this room. Which is room. fun. Like, how does he know where she is? Because apparently, right. it's not her house. Exactly, it's not her house at yeah. all. So, how would he know that she's there at all? And yes, unless he was following her. Yeah, maybe. And then uh, because she was just brought there, and she's supposed to have she's supposed to have a heart leg, but she has now climbed all these stairs, got in this room. When she opens the red door. It's like a child's room with dolls everywhere. I mean, the creepy dolls, like the kind of like old style Victorian dolls that come to life and kill you in your sleep, those kind. That's what's in the room. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? This guy's some kind of like pedophile or pervert or it's weird or something's wrong with him. Well, she finds like a hospital record and she's like looking at the hospital. She's like, oh, what's that hospital record? But that guy comes in to get her. Yeah. And now, like, the guy starts attacking her. She screams. And then we see that the boyfriend is outside and hears her scream and runs into the house. Gets all the way upstairs. He figures out that she's upstairs in the the room. Mm -hmm. So he runs up. And the two, him and the the three-finger guy collide. Going up the stairs. So the boyfriend's now knocked unconscious at the bottom of the stairs because he gets hit. Yeah. And the missing fingers guy just runs gets, out he gets away he yeah. runs away <sighs> this movie. and then we get like a scene of like the cops talking to him he's holding he's like where were you guys and he's like where did you go why did you leave your your girlfriend no where did he and he's go like, i had something to do you guys held me up at a checkpoint yeah and, okay and he's like you guys all, are the worst and i gotta admit the cops are terrible the cops are the worst yeah. ever but this like okay they never even elaborate on first of all where did the boyfriend go where and then why did he get held up at a checkpoint? Yeah. Why isn't someone guarding this woman yeah. who literally was just attacked a minute ago? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with these cops? And we know that she has found this room and that she found some kind of weird doctor note thing. And whatever. Because now we just get a scene of um, a woman, we don't know, coming into a room and looking at a table in what looks like the college again. And a whole table full of pictures of the dead women. And she's kind of going through it. And the camera shot is behind her. And then we know someone comes behind her and says something like, you're next or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she like st- startled. And it come, and it's the the psychologist. Mm-hmm. And he's like joking. He's like, "You're you, so you came in here and going through my stuff, huh? And she's like, oh, I was just like, whatever. Well, I was wondering what you uh, think. Who? What do you think that the killer is? Like, well, who do you think he is? And he starts explaining it to her. And he's like, I would say he's intelligent, but 
I don't think he is. And she goes, why not? And he goes, because he hasn't killed you yet. I mean, first of all, this guy is supposed to be a professor at this university. And he's, he's a student. He, he's, he's a smart guy. And and he he says this to this girl. Like, I know why they did that. They wanted to, you know, throw him into the suspect yeah. ring. You know, like, he's obviously a suspect because he's saying fucked up shit. So, all right. So, put him in the ring with the other suspects. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And Well, he, like, talks about the killer like he's complimenting him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's like, oh, this and this and this. And he's been through this. He's really intelligent. You know, he must have a really good profession. And basically, like, could be talking about himself. And since you've seen these things like Hannibal... You know, all that kind of stuff. You know that that could be the potential killer. Well, yeah, because when the cop first recruited him, I was like, okay, you're a detective. There are no other detectives in the precinct. That's what I'm saying. What does a detective do? Like, Why are you calling this university guy? Why? Because he plays chess on a freaking mechanical board? Like, what is the reasoning? Because he's a forensic, um, what do you call it? Like a pathologist? I I don't know what the fuck he is. But, like, why are you, you... you don't have any other detectives on your squad that you have to call in this idiot? It makes no sense. So that's why I was like, okay, on, automatically, this guy's a friggin' suspect. He is. He's a suspect. He and goes, right under his nose, the cop's nose, this guy's killing people. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's that's what, what the movie saying. thinks. Uh, like, the movie wants you to think Yeah, that. which is odd. And basically, he goes uh, to interview this girl and her boyfriend. And uh, he talks to him about his job. Like, the boyfriend has a good job. I think he's a bioengineer of some sort doing some kind of paper on uh, some kind of crazy science thing. Mm-hmm. And he's very smart, you can tell. And apparently, he finds out that she also is a genius. And uh, he's really interested in this. But the problem is, at the same time, the cops get a call from Quackers. <laughs> and he's saying, he starts, like, in, like basically pushing the the cop but the cop's like i want to meet face to face and all this stuff and he's like you, you know you should tell me all this stuff in face to face and he's like oh that's funny and he's like uh, i'm gonna kill another woman soon someone close to you i think i'm gonna kill and he's like oh hold on the phone hold on the phone and they're like we got the we got the signal it's coming yeah, from this pay phone over here near the docks okay yet another dumb cop move first of all they were tracing the call but they instead of creeping up to the phone booth where this call is coming from, they use sirens, lots and lots of sirens. It's like, why don't you just alert the killer to your presence, dummy, so that that way he could be gone by the time you get there. It's like graffiti phone booths you can't see in it. Yeah. But you're like, Uh, the killer wouldn't do it. Why would the killer stay behind? So they kick open the phone booth, and he set up the payphone. Now, this is hilarious. He had set up the payphone with a walkie-talkie, right? Okay. You have to pay for a phone. You would have to put quarters in. So he had to put... So how long? How long? How many quarters? Did he put in, like, 50 quarters? <laughs> did, like, I don't know how long it took them to get across town to get to this damn thing. No, but the phone was off the receiver, and the walkie-talkie yeah. was talking to them through the phone. Like Unless the phone? Was, I don't remember if it was a collect call. I'm no. Saying, I'm like, is, oh, it's a collect call from Quackers. You know? <laughs> no. So, yeah. But here's the best part. He He's so stupid, this cop. He goes, uh, he basically already told him I'm probably going to kill somebody, a woman that you know. 
soon, right? Or right. something you care about. So that he didn't like even pay attention to that. And now he's like, hey, I'm with, uh, hey, detective. Now I'm basically with uh, Kitty. You know Kitty? Your girl? And then he's like, what? And then uh, we see that he does have Kitty, like, tied up. Naked. Naked on the bed. And then he's playing a, with a razor blade against her skin. And he's like, uh, do you want to hear from Kitty? And then he, like, takes off her tape on her mouth. And she screams as he's, like, dragging the, the razor blade on her body. And then he starts slicing her open. And that's when the cop goes and races to Kitty's apartment. And we get to watch him kill Kitty with a razor blade. Uh, apparently, he this razor blade with, like, I don't know how, he had, how much force he must be pushing into this woman. But he slices her nipple open. It's so... It does look fake, luckily, but I mean, you are does. getting really yeah. I was out. Anything to do with the nips and stuff like that just skews me out. Like, yeah. just if there's like a razor or a knife or something near the boob, like, I don't know. I, I get skewed out, even though I know it was fake. Yeah. I, I well, know. even worse, you couldn't look at this at all. He drags the razor blade down her forehead into her eyeball. Yeah. The eyeballs are worse for and me. And it's a mannequin head. It, it, and it's they actually have like an animatronic eye moving back and forth. It's not animatronic. There's no way they had that much budget. But somehow they had like an eyeball on a stick. It doesn't look like it cuts open. We can't really see it. But it, it's definitely that's what's supposed to happen. If the eyeball keeps moving. It's kind of... It's kind of it's inventive enough. It actually looks decent. I mean, yeah. This is better gore, I mean, for Fulci that we've seen yeah. thus far. I mean, this is the best gore, I would say. Uh, better, like, I guess... Um, well done. Well yeah. done, Gore. Yeah. So you were you were talking about like uh this he couldn't have killed Kitty in her house. And he's like, Yeah, no, yeah, he did. Because she he gets in there, he finds Kitty. Mm-hmm. And she's all sliced up. And it's terrible. But like then we see um our our main girl, um, Faye. Faye. She's the one that got her legs sliced open or whatever. Well and she's she found those papers for the memorial hospital. Yeah, yeah. Well, before that, though, uh, the, the the psychologist and the cop talk, and he tells her, the psychologist says, I found out that she is not only a genius, but she has a, she has been studied for having a delusional mind where she actually sees things that yeah. aren't there. So that's where we're like, hmm, okay, what are they doing now at the 11th hour in yeah, this movie? They're like, and he's like, uh, well, I know you don't think I'm a smart, smart cop. But I've had her tail this entire time. Okay. Yeah. And she goes um, basically on a walk. She goes on a walk and she finds, because the boyfriend goes out again and she, she flirts with him. Like she's like, oh, hey, honey, and everything. They're so lovey dovey. The moment he leaves, she's like stone face. She's like, she was faking the whole time. Mm -hmm. Then she goes on a walk and she goes back to the place where she was attacked and she sees on the wall that. It was hit by a knife, which is hilarious. And we get to hear it again. They double down on this terrible noise of bing, bing, hitting mm -hmm. the uh, the rock with the switchblade, which is really funny. Okay. So she was attacked by the switchblade. It hit the wall, and it made a big spark or whatever it is. And she's like, it did happen. I didn't dream it. Because we're now establishing that she has some kind of delusional thing. Mm -hmm. And now they're basically, she's like checking out if she's right. And that's what you were about to talk about. She goes to the hospital where the notes are. 
And now we get this really weird scene where at first we didn't know what the hell was happening. Where there's a little girl. Yeah. Almost comatose-like looking. She looks like a zombie. And she's in the bed missing her right arm and her left leg. Yeah. And a woman is reading. And then we see next to the bed is a Donald Duck. It's not a Donald Duck. It's just a duck. Are you sure? Yeah. I thought it was Donald Duck. No, it's just, it was one of those toy ducks like you had when you were a kid when you pull it on the oh, string. I really thought it was and Donald it Duck. Goes... <laughs> okay. Uh, and the, there's a woman who's reading a book about a duck to yeah. her in her bed. And she's staring off like she's completely out of it. And we see that the this girl, the woman that went in here, we followed Faye. in. Faye. She's watching this whole thing and now i'm i'm here i'm like okay i put two and two together already i did that already it's kind of it's it's convoluted to the point where it's like i've just got to watch it play out now i don't know what's happening Mm -hmm. but we can already tell who the killer is and i don't know how this attaches to it yet yeah but um so Faye's kind of like just she's just having like a revelation like what's going on you know like i think i know this is not right and so it, well, it just, yeah, go ahead. Oh, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that, um, fun fact, the three-fingered guy washes up dead like a zombie-looking thing on the side of the beach. Yeah, they, he just, the killer disposed of him. Apparently now, not. Apparently not. Apparently he, well. The, he had the, a bag over his head. The cop says, um, that's impossible. He says, how long has he been dead? The coroner says, uh, eight days and he's like that's impossible katie died four days ago mm-hmm. and he's like look you've known me for a long time i do this job what i think happened was he couldn't he didn't want to take any more responsibility he put a bag on his head and jumped in the water because okay. he knew that he was never gonna he was gonna get caught i don't think that's true i don't either uh, but because that's a little confusing that plot point but uh, that's what the guy says. He's like, I don't see much of a struggle. It looks like he did it to himself. Well, he obviously called somebody when um, that rich woman was attacked, was, you know, stuck. She was like tied to the bed. He called somebody when yes. he was there. Yes. So it seemed like he was in cahoots with the murderer. Yeah. Like he was Which gathering so these people. Yeah. And they never. Because how would, on the subway, how would he how contacted would he know? her? Yeah. And this killer, I mean. How would he contacted the killer? Right. That's true. But. It it also seems like he knew where she was going to be because that's like her route, you know? They never establish it. That's one problem in this movie is they never establish what, how this guy is really involved with the killer because yeah. he obviously is. He's the one that's bringing these victims to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, because it's a Jello film, the cops are terrible and they really don't play into the ending. No. Nope. So what happens here is we cut to the, uh, the she's at home. And the, him and the, the girl, you said, what's her name? Faye. Faye and her boyfriend are in the house and she's going to make, she's like, you want to eat? And he's like, yeah, what do you want? Anything you want. Oh, great. I'm going to go in the kitchen. We, um, we made a great joke. Like, oh, wow, this is definitely a movie. You said this is. Yeah, oh. this is definitely a movie. Cause because no woman would say, no, oh, no I know exactly woman. what I want to yeah. eat. No woman would be like, oh, hey, I know exactly <laughs> what I want. <laughs> I was so happy you made that joke. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Hi, honey. Where have you been? Around. What do you want to eat tonight? Anything you want. Okay. So she goes in to make sandwiches, and she looks over, and this is where I, I thought, okay, this is hilarious. 
She looks over at the knife rack and she sees one of the knives is missing the tip. Yeah. And she says, okay, he's, so, he tried to kill me. It wasn't a switchblade at all, though. Thank you. It wasn't a switchblade. He's been using a switchblade. Right. Right. And I was like, wait Did this a movie forget that? I, I couldn't. I, yes. I think the movie forgot that. And they're saying that when he hit the wall, the tip came off, right? So she's in the kitchen. She sees the knife. And then there's a phone call. And apparently they both pick up the boyfriend. She, he's in the other room. And she's in the, in the kitchen. And somehow they both pick up. Now, the way that this is filmed is baffling because it almost seems like you they don't show their mouth they only show their eyes with the phone against their ear mm-hmm. and you can't see their mouth so it's very confusing if one is even talking like one of them is talking like donald duck it, it's so confusing but it's like you hear donald duck on the other end of the phone and you don't see any of their mouths so you don't know what's happening but right. donald duck is like basically saying Hello? This is the little duck. How are you? We haven't played in such a long time. Bye-bye. He hangs up the phone. She hangs up the phone. And he goes into the kitchen to find her. And he doesn't... He looks over and sees the knife's missing. And she stabs it into his chest instantly. Now, I was confused because I thought... Was she talking like Donald Duck? Is she crazy? No, because I didn't think they, from... the way that they filmed it, I didn't know what was no, happening. No, it was clearly him. I mean, he knew that she picked up the phone, and I mean, I don't know how, but no, he, he didn't know. Maybe he he just first of all, he would have to call her from the other end. The other, I didn't get it at all. I Do they have two lines they had set up. I didn't know. I don't get it. I they, they have two separate phones, and so. I was like, they're not showing their mouths, which is making it weird. Like, who is doing this? And then when he goes to the, go look for her in the kitchen, he says, Faye, you okay in there? Like, he doesn't seem like he's wanting nuts, but he seems like he's worried. And they set up that she's delusional, and she has some kind of weird thing where she comes up, sees imaginary things. I don't know. So I was like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And uh, she stabbed him so instantly yeah, there was whatever. no discussion. No discussion. She just guts him. And he's like, I, you think that he just died instantly. So she starts going to walk up to the red room for some strange reason. Instead of out the front door. Yeah. And, or calling the police. Yeah. And he like jumps at her and goes, don't go in. Don't go in, I don't know, Lucy, I think. Lucy's room? Yeah, the little girl. Yeah, don't go in her room. We saw at the hospital with the missing arm and leg. And then he's talking like quackers. The boyfriend starts talking with that quacker's accent, mm-hmm. the voice. Yep. But prior to like, this, we should note that... Don't go to Lucy's room. Don't go to Lucy's room. Yeah. yeah the, the nurse was reading a story to her. About um, And then, yes. So after this happens, the police go to the hospital, right? And the nurse explains that there's only one parent. And Yeah, there's a whole story we get here. Yeah, there's only one parent. She only has one parent, but they never come to see her, and they only pay the bills for the hospital. Well, she has two parents, but one moved away, and there's only one that pays for the bills. Right. And he, they never come. It's the uh, Apparently, it's the husband. Mm-hmm. No one has ever come to visit her. And they just left this and poor child. And because she's dying, and she won't live that long, but the the, the father who does pay the bills comes to see it calls her 
Calls her. Yeah. Um. But they never. I mean, so they run to the house and they go, oh, it's him. So they run to the house. As he's trying to kill her, they get there just in time to blow his brains completely out. And it's like an exploding head. It's a, That was a crazy scene. It looked cool. It did look cool. It's in, that's where he steps up at oh, the gore. Yeah, no he really does. But like, yeah, so apparently he had gone mental because his little girl was dying. And he really just couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't do anything to save her. So he, you know, talked like a duck. Like he did with the with the kid, and you know, and we learned that he, he's the only one that even cared about her. But he never went to see her, and he regrets that. He said he regrets that. We get an entire ending here where the uh, psychologist just ex- explains the whole movie mm-hmm. by saying that he made a split personality when he called her on the phone because of the duck toy and the duck book that she always likes hearing. He did the duck voice to her on the phone. Right. But then it made him split from his guilt and that he would become another person and that he was killing women because she never grow, would grow up to become a woman. So he's taking women away. Yeah. See, that's the strangest part of this. I could see if he was killing women because he was angry at his wife or whatever, the girl's mom, for just abandoning her. I could see that, like maybe something snapped and that was like the reasoning he was killing women because um, he hates women. But the the reasoning that they put behind him being a murderer of just women is so ridiculous. It's just inexcusable. Well, well that's what the psychologist is telling us. Now, can I pose an idea? Yes. Because I don't know if this was intended, but I saw it a different way. Until it kind of, the ending kind of ruined my idea a little bit. But I was like, holy crap, did this movie just turn around and become interesting? <laughs> because the whole movie, I was like, this is insane. Why? Because we kept saying, who thought this was a good idea to have the killer talk like Donald Duck? Like yeah. th- this, it's so baffling. It's not creepy. It was funny. Yeah, it was comical. It, we couldn't stop laughing during it. We're like, this is such a bad choice. Until... We got this weird reveal about this girl, and I came up with a, uh, what I thought was happening or what was being told, because what happens is he gets a phone call. He picks it up, and we, we don't really understand who's calling or what's going on, mm-hmm. but he's on. He, we don't see his mouth moving, but we hear a voice on the other side of the phone. It's not him talking but it's a person talking like Donald Duck on the other side of the phone. And I said, holy shit, is the little girl, does she have some kind of power? That mm. she is um, taking him over and making him become that thing that she's hearing that story. Making him become that Donald Duck thing to kill women because she's angry at her mother and that fact that she can't grow old. She's not going to be able to grow old and become a woman. So I thought she's turning him psychologically. And that's why the two parents don't want to go near her. Because there's something wrong with her. And they're scared of her. I think that would make um, for a better story. But I think it's too smart Are you for sure? what we got going on because here. Because remember what she, he says. He says something that made me go, that's definitely what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Because he says something like... Oh, um, 
you have to kill your... Because I didn't understand why he was dating this girl. Why would he date her and then try to kill her randomly? Right. Unless the daughter was getting jealous that she was with another... He was with a woman. I mean, that could be. Right? Uh, it's weird. And then he says, when he's in Donald Duck voice at the end, he says, um, yo, I'm laying in the hospital bed. Oh, how dare you get the, to get to walk and live? And I'm laying in the hospital bed. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he's t- she's talking through him in this voice. I mean, it's it seems like that could be it. It does until but- the only thing that ruins it for me mm-hmm. is, oh, and she also senses that he died. Yes. She reacts. That's the it, first that's, time that's- we see her move a lot. See, that's bizarre to me. So that's where it threw me for a loop at the end because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This is just turned into a paranormal thing. A supernatural thing. They had already set that up with the uh, Faye character having some kind of weird power as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't... I was like, what? But, uh... And also, the movie's setting up, like, everybody has some kind of sexual thing. That's why I didn't really understand. And also, I have to talk about why did the three-finger guy have... Why is he connected to the boyfriend? Because he has a snap where he talks... Like Donald Duck and starts killing people, but he's not like that all the time because he is dating Faye. Right. And they're having a relationship enough to care about her. Yeah. And then where in that time did he talk to uh, the three finger guy as Donald Duck? Right. That's the thing. They never established they never their, meaning, their meaning. Like, their meaning. Their, their setup. They don't establish that at all. They kind of just throw it in there and make it a plot point. But there's no like establishing shot of them meeting or anything. It would be cool is if he worked at the hospital, the three-finger guy. Mm-hmm. Like he had a job as a, like the janitor or something. And then she maybe was using him too. If she was using her powers or whatever. If that's a plot. That's just something I'm thinking. I mean, because the thing that ruins it. Well, when he gets shot in the head, that's when we see her wake up and mm-hmm. start crying. Yeah. She basically says, don't leave me. Daddy, don't leave me. Daddy, pick up the phone. Pick up the mm-hmm. phone. Like the phone calls the trigger. Right. And I was like, oh, she knows that he died just now. That's weird. So I was like, something is up I with mean, that. Does she know or is she just saying, why is he? You saw he... her face. Yeah. She was like, she was like, basically she's shocked when he gets killed. I like, guess you're right. To... I don't know if that's what they're intending here, but I was like, that's how I'm taking it. And then the only thing that makes me mad is she keeps asking pick up the phone, pick up the phone. And I was like, it's really sad. I felt really bad for the little girl at the end of this. It's a sad situation. She's left all by herself and she can't help it. She's, she's ill, you know? So it's not her fault. And I feel really bad for that little girl, but, um, it would have been cool if she was comatose. It would have been better. Yeah. Got the phone call from her that she has some kind of fire starter power in that coma. Mm -hmm. And she's making that happen because she's always being read that book. Yeah. And that's why the duck thing is happening. And it would also explain to why the parents don't want to have anything to go near her. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, he's out there killing people because he resents the fact that these women are out there enjoying their life and they're living their life. And his daughter will never get to do that. That's what they're saying. Yeah, that's what the psychologist And so that's why he's, he's out there doing this. But it, it kind of doesn't, it would only make sense really, um, you know, if she was like in a coma and, you know, he... It would explain if she was doing this, 
that she that that they're scared of her. Yeah, like they're scared that she takes it out on the mother more. Yeah, because maybe and maybe they could say that whatever happened to her, whatever disease she has, something I can't remember what it was, but I don't know. Something to lose her her leg and her arm. Yeah, it's like a rare disorder or something like that. I was like, oh my god, that is really interesting and different. And I haven't seen anything like that. So I was like, holy shit, did this movie just turn around and explain its weird cheesiness? Yeah. But I feel like I'm reaching and I'm making my own plot. But I think that I do enjoy my idea. And I don't know if... And I think it ruins it. And you know what really ruins it? Is at the end, the last shot... First off, she's this little girl begging for her father to answer the phone. Answer the phone. Answer the phone. Yeah. And then it cuts to cops driving... And the, the jazz music. And it does not match the tone of the scene. No. That and music like, never oh, matches the freaking... It, it, it never it, matches the tone of the scene. But I was like, damn, if that was what was going on here, that this little girl was getting revenge for how she was treated and she, how she is being treated mm-hmm. through her father getting revenge on women, and that maybe that has some kind of tie to her mother, I was like, that's a cool movie. But again... I might have created this myself. <laughs> so I, I'm a little surprised by my enjoying my take of the ending, but I, I, I shouldn't give him credit because I don't think that was. No, I, don't, I think that's too um, elaborate yeah. and thought out. I Just, think the idea, if you break it down, like how the three finger guy and him are a friend, like how they hooked up and how they tell each other things. I like, really wish that they would have established that. Yeah. They didn't establish that at all, but we just know that he was working with him. Because that is what they kind of gave us. Um, but this movie was actually, plot-wise, I feel like it was more um, put together, like well put together, than a lot of his movies we've seen so far. Well, I, my problem is I, I can't agree because there are too many plot lines that really don't go anywhere. There's all these characters set up that feel useless at the end of the movie. Like That's I feel true. like I feel like... I mean, I feel like a Carmen lot of... Carmen San Diego and her husband. They actually go and talk to her husband, too. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, they talked to her husband about after they... she died, about, you know, what kind of person she was. He's like, oh, I know her really well. And it didn't really do anything. He, like, plays the tape of the sex. Yeah. And it... he's like, I got you. But on what? For what? Why would you do this to this guy? He just lost his wife. Yeah. Who it... cares what their sexual perversion is? I know. Is? cares. But, like, I, I feel like as a as a whole, as a movie, as, you know, it... it... It gelled better than some of his other movies that we saw. You know, like, yes, there's a little bit of convoluted, you know, characters and silliness in there. But, like, you know, if we go back and watch, like, The House by the Cemetery, that movie was trash. I like it. I think I enjoy those movies more because they're so cheesy. So, I mean, I I don't know what you gave House by the Cemetery, but I gave that a three. This one, I'm probably going to give a four. So I thought this one was more like I don't I feel know. Like well rounded. Give it a four is because of my thought about what the ending was, and I thought that was actually yeah. But you're just making that up. That's but, not like what... I'm saying. I that's why I literally think there are scenes in there that explain my thought is real. But I think I can't give them that much credit because half these movies are like not thought out very well, and I feel like they're a mess and. I do kind of agree with you. I, I just the fact that there's a Donald Duck killer is so bad. I don't know what they were yeah. thinking with that, but but the gore got better in this. We never see good right. gore. 
it, it got the perversion better. stuff kind of also drags it down for me. I a mean, it bit. does. The yes. Hate of women. I, I, yes. It's a thing I'm not a big fan of, but I know like, I guess it's like a, you know, this is the kind of stuff that actually makes me, uh, you know, the, the age old question of like the thing has always been that horror is sexist, but I've always been arguing that it's not, that it's actually very feminist because the movies are always about women becoming strong to beat the villain. And the villain's always a man, and the woman wins at the end and beats the the, the man. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, think about it. Like, how many movies have you seen? And like, you hear about it all the time now. Like, they always say, there's not enough strong female women, and men don't like strong female women, female characters. And I go, are you kidding me? Throughout, as long as I can remember as a child, every horror movie was like the strong female character be- winning and beating the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And it's always a male you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, almost always, except for like uh, Mrs. Voorhees or something like that. But I'm like, and but the the reason I bring that up is because these movies make me go, this is where that started, because these movies are nothing but like the, the female character being an idiot or just women getting brutalized throughout the entire run. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all these damn movies. Yeah. And and they always make the worst decisions. Yeah, they, we're always you know. saying to the screen, like, come on, I know. what are you doing? Like how, I'm always screaming at the screen, always. I'm like, yeah. how dumb can you be? I'm like, oh, more like, yeah, stupid broad. Yeah. I mean, this is no alien. There's no Ellen Ripley's in these movies. No. I, I can't even think of one that we've watched where the woman is like the 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 badass. Mm-mm. Like I think uh so far in the four we did, right? Of this month, uh, this is the last one. But so far in this month, all these movies have had these like like Don't Touch uh Torture Duckling had a like basically like a real scumbag female character as the lead. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh I'm trying to think of all the other ones, but really like weak female characters that disappoint you know and yeah. this movie was just about killing women i mean it wasn't and, about and killing women. Them. it was brutalizing yeah. them there's like a lot of sex there's a lot of nudity tons and tons of it yeah i can understand like guys like that shit or maybe some women like the perversion too and you know i, I shouldn't say perversion but you know what i, I mean, mean the, it's the sexual uh Gratuity. I mean, I like seeing a nice pair of boobs yeah, on the screen. Too, but, you yeah, know, of course. This and everybody's pretty like, in this, by the way. Oh, everyone's pretty, yes. But the, the toe in the vagina, that had to no, go. No, yeah. uh, um, that was just disgusting. Yeah. And I felt bad for that actress. Um, but, you know, and these women, they, they're they completely full-on naked. And they're having these actors poke and prod at them. Like, okay, I know this is what you're getting paid for. But this is borderline, um, like porn you know like that's what they're some of this seems felt like it yeah yeah you know so this one i i feel like this was one of the better shot fulci films it's still not the highest rated one for me it's a four it's it's an honest to goodness four it wasn't it it wasn't the best movie there are some gross scenes in it i did like the blood you know the gore i liked that um but I, I I don't think it was the worst of his so far that we've seen. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy some of the cornier ones, so... Well, how would you rate, like... Because now that we're at the end, you can say... So the first one we watched was Seven Bloodstained Orchids. That was Umberto Lenzi. My big problem is I, I hardly remember some of these movies. I mean, like, to me, the the one that stands out the most 
is the uh, death-laden egg because it was so insane. Okay, so don't torture a duckling was the second one. Then death-laden egg was the third. Yeah. And then this one. So death-laden egg definitely stood out to us. That's it stood it out because so bonkers. It is, it is a completely bizarre film. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Julio Questi. Yeah. The the my least favorite of the four is the first one we watched, which is the or um the seven bloodstained orchids because. I don't even remember it much. Like okay, I, well, there wasn't much going on in that yeah, one. Yeah, it was a, kind of a dull one. Yeah, um, there was a bunch of murders, and they were all tied to this one hotel. That, yeah. But uh, here, here's the thing. My question to you is, if you had to put these two movies, Don't Torture a Duckling and New York Ripper, um, back to back and, and tell me which one you would choose. Like, Why, why'd you pick uh, Don't Torture a Duckling? Because they're both Fulci. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're so saying. So, as oh. Fulci stands right now with these two movies, because he's there's two of his movies on this list. So, how would you pit well, them against l- each other? Well, I'll say this: Don't Torture a Duckling had the funniest death scene I've ever seen in a while. I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, it was also kind of a ballsier film that might have had some better cinematography. That's because they went out of their way to kill kids. It, so. it was ballsy, like mm-hmm. that. It wasn't your usual torturing women. No. But the character sucked in that movie, and there wasn't much going on. The cinematography was good, and that that scene at the end was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. I would pick this one over that. You would pick this one over Don't Torture I Duckling? I think so. Okay. Yeah, same. I think that this is same. probably the... I think I only like it because of my thought, but you know... Uh, right, but that's... Uh, yeah, it's speculation. this is probably the better... Of the mm-hmm. four, and it's not even that. I when I say that, I don't even like it that much. No, so there are. Well, we we uh, actually gave Fulci one Fulci movie a six. Well, I did. Well, you must have, and I think it's Zombie Three because I think you were just. We loved it because it was so bad. Yeah. And and, and I <laughs> well, gave. I did not. I always give um, so bad their goods like fours. I couldn't stop laughing, and um, I know I wasn't supposed to be laughing, but yeah, Zombie Three I gave a six, but I also gave um, one of his other movies a six as well. I gave um, Murder to the Tune of the Seven Black Notes. We liked that one. That was a six. don't even remember. I don't. I have to go look into it. Yeah. That's a woman that can see things. She discovers there's a skeleton in the um, in the wall. That's like beyond. It's kind of like the same shit. Well, but yeah. It was beyond one. is also up there for me. So that's because it's so bad shit crazy. But yeah. Well, oh, I think these movies, I always think those two movies. So, well, those three movies was Zombie 3. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to give it a four. I th- I'm, you talked me into it, but okay. I don't think it was that good. And the only reason I think I'm even going that high, because halfway through it, I was like, this movie sucks. Like, I just kept thinking it <laughs> over and over. I'm like, this movie is so bad. And I was like three, I'm like maybe a two or a three right now. And then we got to that last half where i was like wait a minute is this doing something different is it gonna explain how stupid that duck noise is and then uh, uh I, yeah no fuck it i'm giving it a three and this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry oh man this is um, this is just uh... this th- I, I, I you know what i should point out really fast too this was only an hour and a half i think yeah, it was. And I got to tell you, it felt like two hours. There was a part where I was like, holy, how much more we got of this? So, Scott, let me ask you this. Um, this movie's not yes, all sure. its 
quacked up to be? It's not. Okay. Got it. It, it drove me quackers. <laughs> uh, I'm a quackpot now. You are a quackpot. And on that note, we are going. That's yeah, it. <laughs> let's get out of here. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, as always, hit us up on the social media. And please tell us your uh, worst movies you've ever seen over at uh, Just Another Movie Night on Instagram or uh, The Crafty Misfit for Joe. We would always love to hear from everybody. That would be great. I'd love to hear the worst movies or movies we should just do on the podcast. Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening and have a good one. Joe, God damn you, Joe. Oh, this damn place. Oh, shit. Oh, that fucking asshole idiot, Joe. Come out of there. Joe? Starting a fight. Who gets stuck?